1: Welcome back to the Staff and Grab Podcast. I am Mike Stevens with Sports Illustrated and The Hockey News. And sitting virtually across from me is the one and only future first female GM NHL history, Rachel Dory. Rachel, how are you doing?
0: I mean, just being a token female who is trying to learn sports. How are you?
1: Yeah, I, I really blew it by not introducing you as the token female of the podcast like I should have. Um, man, just crazy. It's fun being busy again. But yes... I'm so glad that it was me and my and my white knightiness that can include this token female in our podcast. It's fantastic. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad you're only here just to fulfill a diversity quota, and definitely not because you're the smartest person on the show. Definitely not. No. No. No.
0: Yeah. Definitely, as if I wasn't the one who started this podcast, and 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 <laughs>
1: brought me on. No, it's you are the token female. <laughs> right. Um, and you are, uh, and yeah, that's essentially, that's essentially what you're defined as. Yes. Um, Twitter's, we should just abandon Twitter. I think we've kind of reached a boiling point.
0: I learned that those two people Well, like one of them, first of all, is like a NASCAR fan. So immediately like, nope. And then the second guy apparently is like 16 years old. I'm like, go do your math homework, please.
1: You should like either, I don't know, either make your account private or everything you respond only allow people who follow you to to. Or everything you tweet only allow people who follow you to respond. To I
0: it. might because do
1: that. that's because I, I. To be quite frank, like I, I, as much as it's fun to watch you dunk on losers every day, it, I, I can't imagine it's it's great for your mental health. It's never great for my mental health whenever I have to do it. So, that would be my recommendation. Psychiatrist Mike sitting down, putting on his uh, his tweed jacket. <laughs> that would also be. That'll also be two hundred fifty bucks for the hour, Rachel. That's my rate, and great. Anyway, hey, that's not
0: bad. I used to pay eight hundred. So
1: what? That person yeah. better be 800
0: like eight
1: hundred U.S. Okay, I. I... i'm a big proponent of therapy you know i go to therapy it's it's really it's i would say it's even saved my life um i don't know if there's a ther i don't know if there's a therapist out there that's worth i wouldn't pay that for therapy i
0: go to i went to psychiatry not therapy well i
1: mean like even psychiatry i don't know if there's if there's one out there who's worth a thousand dollars an hour i mean come on the
0: u.s healthcare system buddy
1: you better be changed. You better be fixing my life, like on your I own. I mean, he like, did everything... bring me back
0: from the brink of suicide, so I feel.
1: Like... I mean, yeah. So I guess you can't really put a you can't really put a price tag on that. But it would be nice if the price tag was a smidge lower than that. Yeah. You know, considering that that should be a universal, you know, human right. But then again, this is the socialist podcast, so we can talk about that a bit later. Let's get let's hop into some headlines, shall we?
0: Let's do it. Yeah, I uh, I saw this. It was. Uh it was sent to me because I, uh, I'm friends with Caleb Dahlgren. Um, I coached mm-hmm. him. His old teammate with Humboldt, Ryan Strasnitzky, uh, who was paralyzed in the accident, um, is now standing. And he's learning to walk with a walker after going through like some experimental therapy. And, and he may actually be able to walk again. So, I mean, Which is incredible. that is the best news. Like, happy end of week to all of us. Like, that's so inspiring and things we love to see.
1: I mean, the fact that this guy is standing at all is, like, such a... It's a miracle. Like, very rarely do we get to see miracles. This is an absolute miracle. Like, it is... Uh, you know, the Humboldt crash, it's, what, like, three years ago that it happened at this point? Like, it's, it's still... Yeah,
0: 2018.
1: Re- yeah, it's still reverberating through, not just, like, the hockey community, but, like, just the sports community and the real-life community in general. Like, it's one of the most tragic things we've ever seen. And... And it's also one of the most horrific things we've ever seen. And for him to survive is beating the odds at all. And for him to now be standing up and potentially be able to walk again, that, I mean, if that doesn't put a smile on your face, I don't know what what news possibly could. I mean, congratulations to him. We are rooting for you. We're seeing you. Everything you do, I can't, I, I just don't have enough good words I to know, say know, yeah. More like, of that incredible.
0: content on my timeline, please.
1: Yes, please. Absolutely. Speaking of... Um, there's no good segue. Actually, you know what? That segue. I'm just going to trash that. The New York Islanders beat uh, the Boston Bruins.
0: They did. Um, and the Lightning beat the Canes.
1: They sure did. In the prep, though, you have <laughs> beat the Bruins, which kind of tripped me. I'm like, wait a second. What? Uh, am I missing some some series here? No. This, again. No, this is
0: what happens when you have two jobs and are also doing prep and a podcast on your lunch. Because what is eating?
1: Yeah, I had to. I wrote. I, I think I wrote an article like the quickest i've ever done just to like i filed it two seconds before we hit record so that's a lot of fun i
0: you you are starting to figure out you're like man i wish i had the powers that rachel has when it comes to writing
1: yeah you're <laughs> the yeah. amount of
0: times you would text me and be like i need something quick and you're the only person that can write 500 words in 15 minutes
1: <laughs> yeah it was fun back when i back when i was your editor that was a lot of fun um but this who would have thought that a series involving the Islanders would be arguably the most... enter Like, we went over this last show, but who would have thought a series involving the Islanders would be among the most entertaining of the playoffs? Well, I mean...
0: It's crazy because, like, they're, they've scored, like, four goals, and I think, like, yeah. six of the last seven games or something like that. So, like, not only are they scoring, but they're literally the best defensive team in the league.
1: And they're doing this, like... Everyone's going to – we've been in a lot of discourse specifically in Toronto because Lou Lamorello is now – I think this is his sixth series win. Him and Barry Trotz, their sixth series win um, since going, joining the Islanders and specifically with Lou, his sixth series win. That's a tongue twister. Um, since, uh, since leaving the Leafs. And so there's been a lot of, well, Lou should have stayed, this, that, or whatever. Barry Trotz – I think this is all down to Barry Trotz because the, if you look at the players at the – like the, the players that the Islanders have to have to deal with – Like, this is not a good roster, and yet Barry Trotz is just squeezing—he's like—he's Bill Belichick, essentially. Like, he's squeezing the most value possible, putting all these players in the best possible position to succeed that you can think of. Like, like you look down their roster, and they're not formidable at all. Like, you know, and you look at their cap sheet, and they got guys like Andrew Ladd and Cal Clutterbuck and all—and, you know, that clogging up the works— and yet, and Leo Komarov, and yet here they are in the conference finals with, honestly, they have, like, they have as good a shot as any to make the cup final. Well,
0: it's, first of all, they don't commit any penalties, if you didn't know that. They're the New York Saints. Um, The, the New York Saints, which was hilarious when the New Orleans Saints actually congratulated them oh, when they, they won on Wednesday night. It was so funny. But I think what the Islanders have kind of shown here is the importance of sticking to a game plan. And it's very clear the Islanders are super fucking boring um because they play defensively like they get but they get players that fit the system that they want to play so they can maximize the value and that's exactly what's happening here and that forces teams to take chances and then the islanders capitalize on those chances right so i think it's one of those things where it's not necessarily about the the team that has been built lacking talent it's that every single player from matt barzell down to casey sezikis has bought into what The actual system is and sticks to it and doesn't sacrifice it for anything. And you just don't see that with other teams. But when Lou is your general manager and Barry Trotz is your coach, uh, you don't have another option. You will be sticking to the system and you will be playing or like that way or you won't be playing at all. You'll find yourself in the press box. But I mean... I said at the deadline, I thought acquiring Zajac and Paul Mary was going to pay super dividends for them in the playoffs. And everyone laughed at me and like, <sniffs> lo and behold, Kyle Palmieri, massive goals. Travis Zajac, massive goal in the series clinching game. So like, it's honestly, I'm just really happy to see them and Andy Green have some success um, and, and really perform well because... Um, they were definitely some of the nicest people. Andy Green, for sure, mm-hmm. um, that I met while I was in New Jersey. But yeah, I think uh, definitely the importance of, of sticking to a vision and, and really buying in. I think that's what you're seeing here.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, this is also the second straight Rachel is right podcast when it comes to to uh, Palmieri and Zajac. But look, it's I, I think when we were... I think in the midst of the uh, uh the Corsi wars, remember that, you know, back in in the early to early to mid um, 2010s. I think there was too much of No,
0: th- I was literally not on Twitter because that was just like yeah. I was busy. Well,
1: <laughs> like during that, there, I think there was too a bit too much of an overcorrection when it came to discounting in like the t- like sort of how much intangibles matter and that included culture, I think I think a lot of people Whenever a GM Or an, like a new GM Or an existing GM Or a coach or whatever You know, a team was struggling And they would come in And they say, you know It's all We need to build a culture Everyone would roll their eyes It's like, oh, it's such a cliche thing But as we're seeing now Like, culture really matters Like, the New York Islanders For, you know For as, as much as when it comes to Like, dynamic skill They may lack That culture Like, they all Like you said They all buy in They all believe in each yeah, other Yeah, but
0: culture breeds winning And winning breeds culture like, Exactly Like, it's a cycle Right? so you can't just have like guys that are good in the room but don't contribute to winning because then it literally doesn't matter mm-hmm. right you need a, you need that mix and with the islanders what you're seeing is is they're winning so that their culture increases people buy in more then they continue to win and the buy in increases they continue to win the buy in increases like it's literally just a two part cycle that continues happening
1: but i th- i think if there's any i think the culture there is maybe the like the chicken came before the egg there like i think like they've they have like they, all of them believe in each other and they believed in each other even after when everyone counted them out after Tavares left. They came out and they kind of proved the hockey world wrong that they weren't going to be these afterthought, you know, left at the altar exes. They thrived. They had their hot girl summer and they've been having their hot girl summer ever since then. And now and, and you know, as we've been seeing with some of the best fans in the entire league like this was a team that used to have real real serious attendance problems like i remember it was like there there was even like relocation kind of uh murmurs with these guys and their fans are they they're like you know, we're, we're seeing a fan resurgence there like we saw in Nashville when they made the cup final where it's t- team chance like the New York Saints chance is incredible. All that it's I'm not even excited to watch the Islanders. Well, the
0: owner was literally on the concourse yeah. after game six, like celebrating with the fans. And I think that's awesome. Uh, they're moving to a new arena at Belmont Park.
1: I'm not even excited to watch them on the ice. I'm just excited to see what their fans come up with when it comes to chance with the, with the Lightning. Like, it's going to be so much fun.
0: Speaking of, okay, so... Yeah, the, the Lightning. Lightning eliminated the Canes, and the only thing I wanted to touch on here before we deep dive into the, the, the Canes and the Bruins and what they got to do in the offseason is the fact that Doggy Hamilton, in his press conference on Thursday, said, uh, well, I mean, they have a team that's $18 million over the cap, so... Yeah. <laughs> Which... I mean, good for him for calling that out. Like, good for him for pointing that out. He's a pending UFA. I am not surprised that he's not being talked about with the same ilk of, like, some other um, notable UFAs in the past, but um, this guy should have been up for the Norris this year. And the fact that he just basically came out and blatantly said they're $18 million over the cap, so we basically said they're cheating but not cheating. Um, I mean, we've been over this. They're not I cheating, love that.
1: but it's also, like... I mean to I To me, would,
0: I think I'm seeing a whole bunch of discourse on Twitter about like how to handle cap circumvention in the playoffs. There's a very simple answer that literally hasn't been suggested and I don't know why. What is it? Just make the cap count in the playoffs as well.
1: Oh why why does the cap not count in the playoffs? Like, it's
0: dumb. Like what's what's the ration,
1: <laughs> what's the rationale behind
0: that? I don't know. I don't. I don't I could ask. Is it because they
1: stopped getting paid?
0: You know what? I guess I will ask. Potentially that could be it.
1: It's probably it. It's like, why do we have to why? Like if we're not actually paying these players when it comes to the playoffs, why do we have to then like operate as if we are? But I don't like it's it's just dumb. But also, look, we've been over this like as much as like if I was in Dougie Hamilton's shoes, I would be pretty pissed. I'd be like, listen, we're like we're here to, to go into a a playoff series and this team is 18 million dollars over what's supposed to be the 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 parity uh clause here like it's supposed to keep us all even and give us all an even fighting chance this team's 18 million dollars over it i'm pissed but they didn't do anything illegal so you can't really get mad it's it's well, I, you know what's interesting is, is the, the devils NHL. were
0: fined The Devils were fined a million and a half and a first-round pick for circumventing the spirit of the CBA when they signed Kovalchuk. To me, the way I look at this, and and having learned more about what went on behind the scenes with Kovalchuk, what's happening with what the Leafs are doing uh, with – L T I R with uh definitely what Tampa did this year, that's more of a violation of the spirit of, of the cap than than signing Ilya Kovalchuk. Like to me, I think if you're gonna crack down on the spirit, then you need to actually do it. And the easiest way to do that is to just say, okay, the cap counts in the playoffs.
1: What can you say about what what went on behind the scenes with Kovalchuk? That's nothing. Nothing. I okay.
0: absolutely. Damn nothing. It.
1: That's one of the most intriguing like there's gotta be a book written about that at some point.
0: Well, only Lou and uh, the man who signed the contract, no, because um, Lou wasn't actually the one that did that contract. Um, So I, I mean, that's that's definitely not something that I I can share for sure. Like I value my life. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Great. Well, the awards have been rolling out. Look, I, I'm in, right in the mix of this because I've been covering it for um, SI slash the Hockey News every single day. Um, There've been like it's. It's been, it's been a lot. I want to also give a, give a a shout out to the nominees for the, um, the Willie O'Ree Community Hero Award because all of them are doing incredible work. Um, it's Renee Hess.
0: Black Girl Hockey Club.
1: There, and then there were two others who did Pittsburgh Ice. Kevin
0: Hodgson, I believe. Kevin Hodgson
1: did, I believe is the, is Kevin, Kevin Hodgson is the, um, like executive director of Heroes on Ice, which, which helps. Yep. Um, lower income kids essentially learn hockey and help with you know learn life skills. But anyway, all three of them are incredible, incredible people who all deserve to be honored for what they for what they do. So go vote on that award if you can, because regardless of who wins it, um, they should all they should absolutely have their platforms amplified. There should
0: be some type of recognition for all of them, quite frankly. All
1: right, now this is the the this is the year where everyone uh, um, decides to debate, and this is uh, over these awards. And this is also the year where we. Learn once again that NHL beat writers don't watch any other team but their own and essentially just go based off either legacy or Google, like, you know, defense, like top defenseman on this team and use that, which is. I had
0: three voters text me because they know that I actually watch out of division and whatever. I had three people text me and be like, give me your ballot.
1: And they just ripped it. That's that is so not surprising.
0: Well, they didn't rip it. They're like, well, I disagree. I'm like, "Okay, well, then why?" like, all right.
1: No, I know. But like, uh, that's like, that's so funny that like, (laughs) like getting to vote on these awards is actually it's such a it's such a, you know, unique and and exclusive honor that I think it should be treated as such. And then we get things like Essa Lindell getting a Norris vote or, you know, Tristan Jari.
0: Steve Simmons being allowed to vote at all. Yeah.
1: Or um, it was. it was Alex Ovech Alex Ovechkin making the first left
0: and right wing. Yeah, the
1: NHL first All Star team as a left wing and the NHL second All Star team as a right wing. It just doesn't make sense. Like, anyways. Anyway, the heart. I think, uh, which I just hit send on for the the piece. The, it was it was um, uh, uh, McDavid, Matthews, and McKinnon. I think. That's. I mean, you can really go any. Does direction. it matter?
0: Like, does it matter who the other two are? No, we all know it's in gonna any be another year. It may. Yeah, like it really doesn't matter. This is why. Like, okay, for the Norris, it matters because like it it should be wide open. But like the heart. Like, it's you get a second and third place ribbon. Like, this is not even a discussion. It, pro- it should be unanimous, but probably Rob Rossi will vote for Crosby. Of course. To be, yeah. But honestly, like, this is McDavid's award, first, second, third, fourth, fifth. Like, this is not even a discussion. But I do think that they got it right with Matthews. I um, think they got it right with McKinnon, but you could have had Mark Stone, Crosby, Barkov in there as well instead of McKinnon. Um, but I mean, like for this particular season, it doesn't matter. It's McDavid's.
1: McDavid almost had as many assists as his next closest teammate had points and right. his point share, which was 13.7 points. It was far and away the highest in the entire NHL. I mean, it's just far and away. Like he, he's the most When it comes to valuable, or I would say, just like he's the best player in the league, he's the most valuable to his team. Like the only, the only argument that anyone can make for anyone else, he's the most valuable to the league. Yes, he's the the only. Well, he's not treated like it, that's for sure. But the only argument that you can that you can make otherwise is goals are at a premium. Like goals, and Matthews is the best goal scorer on the planet. And even that,
0: no, but even that because McDavid just blew him right out of the water.
1: Yeah, like like. It, but hey, look! Give credit to Matthews. He's the first. He's the first Leaf to earn a Hart Trophy nomination since Doug Gilmore did it in '93. Uh, he's also probably going to finish second in the voting, just like Doug Gilmore did back in '93. For him, the Norris, though, this is the most because no one knows how to quant... or at least like stats people do. But most I normal, hate this fucking award. I do too. So much. Most normal people don't know how to quantify defense, and so <laughs> we look at it, and it's it's weird. This this one is has be, has generated, I think, the most heat. Um, because it was, because
0: it's dumb. Yeah. Like just have a Bobby Orr like we have a best offensive forward award, which we're getting to next. Why wouldn't you just have the best offensive defenseman award? Call it the Bobby Orr trophy and off you go. Like it's not hard.
1: Yeah. Call Bobby Orr, Paul coffee, whatever you want.
0: No, you call it the Bobby Orr trophy. Okay. Like, you just do.
1: Well, they, they should call the Norris trophy, the Bobby Orr trophy anyway. <laughs> like,
0: yeah, I think. like he's the best defenseman of all time. Yeah. Why is it like, what, what is going on? But I think obviously Mikhail uh, Um, Kale McCarr and, um, Adam Fox, rightful nominees. Um, to me, um, like I would have had Hamilton or McAvoy in there. Mm -hmm. Um, so like the names that definitely deserve to be in the conversation, McCarr, Fox, McAvoy, Hamilton, Adam Pellick, Mackenzie Weger. Um, Victor Hedman is not even close to this discussion. It like, that just tell me you don't watch hockey by telling me you don't watch hockey like what what was that i don't know how you watch tampa and be like yeah he was he's a norris trophy he wasn't even the their best defenseman this year like yeah oh he he's it's dumb
1: <laughs> like if you look at like jay fresh has great player cards that he, he puts out at jay fresh on twitter it's fantastic and like hedman first of all Hedman's like defensive numbers went down across the board and he wasn't Brutal. and he wasn't even facing the top quality of competition like he wasn't even facing the most the most difficult minutes he wasn't playing the most difficult minutes he played the most minutes but he wasn't playing the most difficult minutes on the it's Lightning It's a
0: reputation vote it's so annoying especially like It's Leonardo Yeah, it's DiCaprio. It's
1: DiCaprio <laughs> winning for the Revenant. Or it's or literally it's it, like every year you'll you'll get like like as I don't know it happens in the oscars every year i'm a big movie buff like uh, uh, meryl streep will get nominated and meryl streep is i think the best actor of all time just like gender spit like oh whatever. yeah
0: she's the she's unbelievable and
1: also like i have somewhat of a huge crush on her too despite everything i think she's she's incredible but yeah, she like
0: literally she, dougie hamilton not getting nominated yeah. is because he goes to museums like
1: she's not she's been it's nominated that simple. she's been nominated for 21 oscars i believe and She's the best actor of all time. I don't think she has put in 21 Oscar-worthy, Oscar-nomination-worthy performances. But she's Meryl Streep. So if she puts out a movie that gets good reviews, hell yeah, she's in there. And I think this is Victor Hedman. Like, he's been nominated yeah. five straight years. And he's a great defenseman, don't get me wrong. But this year, he wasn't one of the best three defensemen in the league. He and wasn't
0: one of the best 20 this year. Yeah. Like- this is incredibly stupid. TJ Brody was better than <laughs> yeah. Victor Hedman this year. Like, holy hell, guys, get it together! And then, like, people suggesting Darnell Nurse. I'm like, are you kidding? Like, watch the game.
1: There's so many good young name, like not young, but just like outside the box names you could put in here that would be that would kind of open fans up to a whole new being. Like, hey, this guy's pretty good. Let me check it out and really kind of drive the conversation. Like, there's so many good defensemen in the league, and I think McCarr earned it. He's he's you know going to be McCarr
0: should win He won't But he should Yeah it's To me The nominees should have been McCarr. I would have gone either McCar Hamilton McAvoy Or McCarr Um McAvoy Fox Fox Something was incredible like
1: this year too Like it's like Yeah
0: but I didn't love him defensively And that's the thing I, I did not love him defensively It's true Um Way too many giant errors To me like Uyghur criminally underappreciated people didn't even know who Adam Pellick was
1: yeah people wouldn't be underappreciating these people if they got the sort of like vaunted exposure like like Oliver Ekman Larson got nominated for a Norris one year and now everyone thinks he's like a top 10 defenseman when he's clearly not like Norris nominations go a long way to to curbing the public sort of opinion of these players
0: so Dougie Hamilton is what people think Victor Hess is.
1: And he's not going to be paid as much as Victor Hedman in the in the open no, market this year. And be he hilarious. should. It's it's remarkable. Dougie
0: Hamilton is a ten million dollar defenseman. <laughs> like
1: The Selkie is
0: He's incredibly stupid.
1: So we have the Selkie too, which was um which is Mark Stone, Patrice Bergeron, and uh Sasha Barkov. Sasha Barkov. Look, all three great fantastic defensive players. Mark Stone, I'm really hoping, become wins it just because we can now af- finally get away from only giving this award to centers.
0: And maybe only giving it to like three like people to score <laughs> or three people um, because that's not what the friggin' award is for. Like it's for best defensive forward. So like a guy like Philip Deneau, who doesn't score at all, but is a fantastic defensive forward should be in this conversation. Joel Erickson Eck in Minnesota, Joe Pavelski in Dallas, ridiculous this year defensively. Absolutely absurd numbers. What about But Zach Hyman? No, absolutely not. But, like, Mark Stone would, if he wins, and he should win, like, this is silliness. Mm. Um, Mark Stone should win, and, like, I don't even know why this is even a thing. Like, he has, and we're, we're seeing this in the playoffs, like, he literally has shut down Colorado's top line. Do you know how hard it is to shut down McKinnon, Rantan, and Landis Cog? Nobody else can do it. It's like, remarkable. It's ridiculous. So, like, to me, Mark Stone would be the first winger to win since Yuri Letnin did, which is insane. Um, over twenty years ago, essentially, um, but yeah, he's Mark Stone is bar none the best defensive forward in this league, and like I'm hearing people be like, "Well, will he make Team Canada? Will he make Team Canada? Are you new here?"
1: Wait, are people actually? In I the would
0: conversation? take. Oh, people are saying they'd take Mitch Marner over Mark Stone. I'm like, you should not be allowed to work in hockey.
1: I don't even want to hear that that young boy's name, ever again. There's let alone- like
0: maybe six canadians i would take before i take mark stone like i would take obviously mcdavid i would take mckinnon i would take crosby like it gets pretty thin after that like mark stone by far not only is he a, like on to get he's probably in the top six brad marchand's the another one that i would take over mark stone but like holy hell guys like you
1: take brad marchand over mark stone
0: i would right now yeah
1: I don't know. I think I might fight you. On I that think it's
0: like like it's a competition, but like to even have the discussion of like, would you take Mark Stone over Matt Barzell? Yes. Would you take him over Mitch Barder? Yes. Would you take him over Braden Point? Yes. Like, how is this a thing?
1: He should win this hands down, and I think he will. But I'm worried that Ber- Bergeron. Look, Bergeron had a great defensive season. Like, I think he's he's worthy of a nomination, but not for as this. good as Mark Stone. Exactly. And I'm just worried that again, he's going to get the Leo Revenant, except. Just for like, like, this guy has been nominated for the, but not the even award. the
0: Revenant. He's won the Selkie multiple times. He's
1: this is okay. Crazy, here's the crazy stat. Here is that this is Bergeron's tenth straight Selkie nomination.
0: <laughs> Just call it the Bergeron. The award.
1: only the only NHL player actually Datsuk. The only player in history to earn as many consecutive award nominations for any award, not like Selkie, is Wayne Gretzky with the heart in the eighties.
0: Because obviously, but
1: like. Like he, what Bergeron is doing here is absolutely absurd. And that's the only reason why I'm worried he's going to get the Leo Revenant, except, although this, that would be like if Leo had won three Oscars up to this point, but like it, it, like he, I'm worried that people are just going to like go like, like don't watch or not going to watch, you know, Vegas games because they're on like the West coast timeline and are just going to, or time, timeline time zone and are just gonna watch like watch bruins there we go yeah cheese louise and but
0: again it's reputation it's like Hedman, except bergeron actually deserves a nomination yeah
1: it's it's reputation except this wouldn't be far less egregious like if bergeron ended up winning yeah stone absolutely should have won but like i'm not gonna you know like go burn a trash can over it and ride in the streets if Hedman wins the norris this year like we need to we need to like we need to gut I'm
0: blasting every single person that gave him a vote.
1: We need to gut the I will the, blast the award like voting process. Like if Hedman wins, we need to be like okay, like we we have to rework this. Like it, this is not working. This is it's absurd. Dumb. All it's, right. Anyway. What's up in the plot points? What's trending up? What's trending down. Trending up or trending down, I guess, is the coach's patience with the officiating. Look, the officiate the officiating in the playoffs has been absolutely god awful, horrendous, garbage fire Poopy, smelly, terrible.
0: <laughs> but it's not even the officiating. It's like the officiating mandate is trash. Like, Kyle Palmieri nearly decapitated yeah. Charlie McAvoy and gave sex. Like, not even a penalty.
1: It's it's insane. And
0: and Nick Ritchie n- literally elbowed, like chicken winging Scott Mayfield while he's down. Not even a fine, nor a hearing. Andre Palat almost killing Brett Pesci. Not even a hearing. Like to me, the Andre Pallot hit was almost as bad as the Kadri hit. Yeah, and one guy got eight games because of his reputation. Pallot should have gotten at least two, at least two. Like they're
1: not even looking at like it's it's just insane. But it's specifically one ref that has earned the ire of of two different coaches, and <laughs> like okay, so Bruce Cassidy is fined. First of all, Bruce Cassidy fined twenty five thousand dollars for criticizing. He was fined
0: you know what, next time he should just grab the ref by the hair and slam him to the ice, and it would only be a $5,000 fine.
1: Who, like, how is it that coaches who make demonstrably less than players get, like, or get... Fines that are five times The maximum amount Than players It's
0: incredibly stupid
1: Who is there a coach There's gotta be There's a coaches union right Like what are they doing Not
0: to that degree no Like the coaches union There's no like Collective bargaining agreement Like there is with the players Whereas like these fines Are collectively bargained And like I was actually Talking to an agent He's like Like I get I have to Defend my players But this is incredibly stupid If you're not gonna actually suspend players and the fines need to be a lot heavier like if you insane. elbow someone like tom wilson like that should be a hundred thousand dollar fine <laughs> like
1: without a doubt and yet bruce cassidy who makes less than tom wilson has to pay five times the amount for criticizing a ref whereas tom wilson ended a guy's season with with assault it's absurd
0: i love the uh if you want to commit assault and battery, five thousand dollars. You hurt our feelings, twenty five grand.
1: It's the little piss. It's the like the NHL should be called the the PBL instead because it's the piss baby league. It's just these. these
0: and guys Rod going- Brendamore consistently calling out officiating. I, lo- I you know, I love Rod Brendemore. I think he's freaking fantastic don't
1: bully me ugh, i'm so sensitive don't like shut up like the nhl is just this oh it's absurd
0: for, th- for a league that doesn't like whining and like this tough he- hegemonic masculinity garbage they sure love to whine a lot
1: oh and and for a league that is all like for a league that that has spawned so many like i saw another another st- like it's it's this graphic and you see these tweets all the time. It's been going around since like 2013 where it's like, like LeBron, like LeBron, you know, sprains an ankle has to get carried off the court. Rich Peverly literally dies, literally dies on the bench and, and gets revived and asked to, to get back in the game. Like, like like the NHL has such a like we're so much better we're so much tougher blah and then the second now the I will second, say
0: hockey players do play through absolutely way but, more ridiculous but, injuries than any other sport but that's also really stupid the
1: second that anyone goes like yeah but I don't agree I I don't agree with the job you're doing they're going oh why are you hurting my feelings like, screw you guys I'm going home like they're 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 obs- the NHL's Eric Cartman like just the big like. All bark, no bite, biggest whiners. And the thing about this too is Rod Brindamore last year criticized this ref, got got a fine. Bruce Cassidy this year criticized this specific ref, got a fine. At what point do we look at this ref and go, maybe you're the problem? It's the Taylor Swift, it's a Taylor Swift argument where she puts out so many so many breakup albums about all the guys that have screwed her over, and then which leads people to go, like, hey, maybe at a certain point, like, if this keeps happening to you, like you're the common denominator here. Like, maybe you're the problem. Now, I love Taylor Swift. We've always been over that. But like, also, you know, like, like, what are we looking at here? Why is this ref still of a job? Why is he still getting playoff games? Like, if you like, you keep earning the ire of these coaches, you know, maybe you suck, and maybe we should take a look at this guy instead of criticizing the, you know, the entertainment product. We should instead look at the ref and go, "Why you're, you're kind of messing this up?" I don't know. It's weird. Trending up as well. Soccer content on the podcast, which is just a delight for me because I know so much about soccer. Um, Rachel, why, why don't you why don't you uh, dial this bad boy up?
0: Well, the, the Euro starts. Italy plays Turkey this afternoon when this comes out because the Euro starts this weekend. Um, this can't be news to anybody by now, but I am a German. What? Uh, yeah, weird.
1: So, what's your source on that?
0: Um, I'm fluent in the language. And we'll be, we'll have a passport in the next year.
1: <laughs> you should you should have gone literally me a German because that's what that's the joke. But okay, all right.
0: Literally me, yes. My passport. Um, yeah, my passport. No, I'm super. I'm super pumped. Um, just there's been a lot of like turmoil in the German Federation, and I think the Euro is going to be very entertaining. The Germans are in the group of death with Portugal and France. I think France is. Probably the best team in the world right now. Um, Insane amount of star talent plus just like your typical like ability to play. Italy's rebounding. I think the English will be good, but they're they're missing their best defender. And that is very problematic for them. Um, but I think it'll be, there'll be a lot of intrigue. Like Spain has a COVID issue right now and like might have to play their U21 team, which is not ideal. Um, but yeah, like for me, the Euro was supposed to be last year. I was actually supposed to go um, because it's part of some of the games are happening in Munich. Um, but obviously pandemic, pushback. <laughs> um, but the Euro, the but so now it's being hosted all over Europe. Whereas like the next year, which is in 2024, is actually being held exclusively in Germany. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's where I'll be for that. Fantastic. Also, because I'm kind of sick and tired of hockey, Twitter and like hockey Mm -hmm. in general. So like given the option, like I will watch soccer over hockey.
1: And I will politely nod my head and go 100 percent for sure. Absolutely. For sure. For
0: sure. No, I'm making you watch the journalism. That's play. crazy. You need to be educated on this.
1: Yo, that's crazy. Whoa, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. All right. But yeah, I'm
0: super fired up.
1: As you should be. that will be great. This is this is your this is your time to shine here. All right. And before we hop into our deep dive, quick word from our sponsor.
2: I love that. That is the sound of another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify is a platform designed for anyone to sell anywhere, giving entrepreneurs like me the resources that were once reserved for big business. And it's customized to your needs. You get a great looking online store that really helps bring your ideas to life and tools to manage the day-to-day and drive sales. And I'm speaking about this from experience. I'm really passionate about bass fishing. And a little over five years ago, I started an e-commerce bass fishing brand with my best friend, Aaron, called Woo Tungsten. Actually, it's pronounced Woo Tungsten. W-O-O exclamation mark because that's the sound you make when you catch a giant bass. And it was a no-brainer to do this on Shopify because they've made it so easy every step of the way from creating product listings to making discount codes to managing shipments. In fact, if you want to see what an e-commerce store looks like on Shopify, go to wootungsten.com and you can see. And it's no wonder that every 28 seconds, a small business owner makes their first sale on Shopify. You can get started by building and customizing your online store With no coding or design experience, and you can gain knowledge and confidence with extensive resources to help you succeed. Plus, with 24-7 support, you're never alone. It's more than a store. Shopify grows with you. This is possibility powered by Shopify. Go to Shopify.com slash blue wire, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial, and you'll get access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Start selling on Shopify today, just like me, just like Wu Tungsten, by going to Shopify.com/slash Blue Wire right now. That's Shopify.com/slash Blue Wire.
1: All right, Rachel, let's do some postmortems, shall we? Let's. Let's.
0: Wait, I need to say hi to my grandma first. Oh yes, hi grandma.
1: Hi Rachel's grandma. We love <laughs> I you. I forgot. We love you. Um, and yes. sorry for this if I've done any swears
0: i swore yes you did yeah
1: rachel you should definitely you should uh uh (laughs) uh, discipline rachel for that i mean just unacceptable you see do you see what i'm working (laughs) with here i mean come on um all right let's do some let's do some post-mortem some autopsies on the dead teams that that have come out here let's let's do the The bruins the dead teams they've been they're they're dead now they're a cadaver they're on our table let's uh let's cut them open see where they can go from here um first is the bruins this is a demonstrably the old... Boons. This is an old team. And I'm wondering if not only was their season ended and closed, has their contention window with this core also closed?
0: You know what? I think Boston is one of those teams that's actually in a great position to do one of those like retools. Yes. Because, um, obviously, like so <laughs> Rask is a UFA. He also... Might need surgery, mm-hmm. and the fact that a goalie was playing that might need surgery is a little concerning, um, to say the least. Halak is also a UFA, so that's problematic for the Bruins. Yeah. Um, so they got to figure out in what's happening in net. Then you've got David Krejci, Sean Corrali, Mike Riley, Kevin Miller, all UFAs this season, right? I think I wouldn't be surprised if they if they kept two of them. Right. Like, I, I feel like it'd be super weird if David Krejci was in another jersey. Yeah, that like just doesn't just make odd. sense. Like, that's odd. But and then you've got Brandon Carlo, Trent Frederick, Nick Ritchie, Andre Kasha that are all RFAs. Um, I think that like I think Carlo gets re-signed. Like, I don't really think that's much of a, a debate here. Uh, I think Trent Frederick probably gets re-signed as well. He's the perfect Bruin. Uh, he's very young. Richie and Kasha are a different story. I'd be interesting to see what happens with them, whether they trade their rights, they they don't qualify, there may be Richie gets selected by Seattle or Kasha gets selected by Seattle, but Kasha's injuries are are super concerning. I just, honestly, with the amount of concussions that guy's had, like, I just hope he's okay um, from that perspective. But then you've got next year, Bergeron's a UFA and McAvoy's contract's up. And that McAvoy contract is going to be enormous.
1: It's it's going to be it's going to be tough at, at the same like Kosh is weird because he was very good with the Ducks and when the Bruins got him it was such a big deal he was on a great contract and then he had that whole thing where like he showed up to to the bubble I think it was completely out of shape and like he's had a ton of injuries like here too and just hasn't seemed to click in Boston with him he was supposed to be a, a huge like really effective debt piece for them I you really think there's a there's a, a world where they don't even qualify him like what's his, what's his QO?
0: Uh his QO would be close to three million bucks.
1: Okay. Uh yeah. I that's don't, quite a bit. Yeah, I don't know if he's in a um, flat cap world, I don't know if he's worth that right now. But, but yeah,
0: so so you got Charlie McAvoy next year and then he's an RFA. You got Matt Grizzlick signed, that's good. You're gonna sign Brandon Carlo. You got Connor Clifton, Urho and Jeremy Lozon, uh, Jacob Zaboral. Like they do have good pieces on D. I will I'll give them that. Um But like, up front, it's thin. They've got Jakob Lauko coming. I, I'm i a big fan of his. I, I really like him. Um, but other than that, like, you're going to need guys like Carson Kuhlman to take a step. Zach Sinishin, what a terrible first-round pick oh. that was. My God. Um, Oscar Steen's going to need to take a step. I think they bring Sean Corrales back. Um, he's going to need to be better. You've got Craig Smith. Like, that's the thing is, like, they're going to re-sign Taylor. You, you, you have Craig Smith. you have to you have bergeron on Posternock, on so you got charlie coyle too the contract's not great but i think like there are definitely pieces there for a retool they need to hit on their first round pick they probably want to move out some bodies and see if they can get um a middle six forward um maybe you take advantage of expansion from that perspective maybe you move somebody like vacanainen or connor clifton um maybe he moves jacob Zaboral. um but i think that they're a prime candidate for a retool the biggest question i have is jake DeBrusque.
1: yeah he was a he was a healthy scratch in the playoffs
0: he's not been good um i think that if i'm edmonton i try and get him at low value because i think you stick him with mcdavid and you're probably looking at vastly different results because he's shown he can score like he's shown he can be a top six forward Right. And so I think in Boston, obviously, you're not playing on that top line. That's Marshawn Pasternak on the wings like you're not even touching that. Now they've got Hull and Smith. You're not touching that either. So if I'm Boston, I I probably look to trade Dick, Jake DeBrusque. Um, maybe it's a fashion with something with Seattle where they trade them DeBrusque in exchange for maybe not taking whomever else. Um, but if I'm Edmonton, I'm all over that. I think Jake DeBrusque is a prime candidate for um, not getting some minutes and, and could use a, a change of scenery there. And maybe you get something from Edmonton in return.
1: I find it, I find it so wild that the long, like the longest contract on, like the, the only player that signed beyond 2025 on this team is Charlie Coyle. Like that's so wild. That's so wild to me.
0: And David Posterdock is going to be much more expensive on his next deal.
1: I don't know, man, that guy just plays for the, the sheer love of the game like I mean how can you even how can you even even <laughs> that sort of, contract
0: is so valuable it's ridiculous he doesn't he like, doesn't
1: even want to get paid like he played for zero he played for zero dollars if he wanted to it, it, he's just he just loves the game he'll take whatever he can get you know he's just so grateful money doesn't money's not an object to him it doesn't matter um they have to sign Taylor Hall I think that's just the perfect marriage and <laughs> Mike yes. Riley bring him back like that was such a great acquisition for them like, they, they, what, a third rounder on Mike Riley? Like, the Bruins had... Can we... Even though they just were eliminated, they had probably the best... They probably had the best trade deadline of anyone. Oh, they
0: did. With they Taylor did. Hall
1: and Mike Riley? Like, hell yeah, for man. For
0: pennies on the dollar, both of them? For a
1: second and, and a third round And they both were pick. impact
0: players. Like, Taylor Hall scored a game time goal in like the last two minutes of the game. He also scored a tying goal in the series against the Islanders. He was also good at both ends of the ice for the Bruins. Like, he had 14 points, I think, in 16 regular season games. Like, that's almost a point-a-game player. Like, how do you not re-sign that?
1: Exactly. And also, I mean, they're, they're also getting uh, David Bax's dead cap off the books after this year oh, 1.5 million helpful. which is good um but no it's I, th-
0: I think the Debrusque thing is the most interesting thing here
1: Absolutely I mean and, I, and I he's not coming I back I would right? look to
0: re-sign Charlie McAvoy this offseason and not wait
1: <laughs> I mean there's no there's no way that that Debrusque is coming back right like
0: I don't see a way that 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 happens no He's pretty much said that like the, the Bruins have pretty much indicated that that will not be the case.
1: Which is, what what a fall from grace for that guy. Like, he was such a, like, just, like, prototypical Bruin. Like, he was putting up good numbers. He was a piece of shit in the playoffs against the Leafs. Like, just, he seemed to fit that team so well. And just cratered. He's only 24,
0: though. You
1: know? And he, That's why
0: I think Edmonton would be a good fit for him. Um, Edmonton, Anaheim, I think, would be a good fit for him. Um, yeah, that was about to happen, beside- wasn't it? Trevor Zegaris. Um, I don't know if that was about to happen Oh no I'm, I'm mixing um, that up
1: with uh, Vertanen who's a completely different player And also a piece of shit So I, I totally
0: um, messed that up yeah, but, yeah I think there are definitely a few teams That could benefit from a player like Jake DeBrusque um, Why do I get this like sneaking suspicion That Colorado's somehow going to be in <laughs> on him um, or, or If Boston wants to trade for Jack Eichel DeBrusque has to be involved there um, oh for sure. I think realistically the only untouchables there are the top line and Charlie McAvoy, but I could see a a fashion where like if they want Eichel, both Debrisk and Matt Grizzlick are involved. Um in some fashion. I don't know that Eichel ends up in Boston, but I just I don't see a way that, that Debrusk is back next year. Um and so if I'm Boston, I'm calling Edmonton, I'm calling Anaheim, I'm calling Buffalo, um maybe Arizona too. Um, yeah, that's, that's kind of the road I would go.
1: Freed reported really, uh, uh kind of before we, we started recording, right before we started recording that apparently, uh, Buffalo doesn't even want to bring Jack Eichel back,
0: which is, which hilarious. is just absurd.
1: So I think that's going to be the biggest off season sort of storyline is where's Jack Eichel go? Cause he's not, he's not a Buffalo saber anymore. Like, let's just not like he's, he's essentially like he, he's there and only naming rights. That's it. Um, all right. Moving on to the Carolina Hurricanes, this is—I think this is a team that you know, the sky's the limit for these guys. Like, if they're able to keep oh, Hamilton, yeah. I mean, they finally found their goalie in Ajelkovic. He's twenty-five, nominated for the Calder this yep, year. They're gonna
0: have to—they're re- gonna have to re-sign him. Yep. But
1: they can get him. Like, he's only had one good year. Like, they can—they're—they're they're gonna re-sign him at what will look like a discount if he continues this trajectory. Like,
0: they also have. So Carolina is as good as they are, and they have. All of their picks in the next three years, except the fifth round this year, plus oh an God. extra Ducks pick, an extra Jackets pick, an extra Kings pick, and an extra Blues pick. Like, That's they have fair. managed to be this good without trading any of their draft picks.
1: And they have... Because
0: Eric Tulski.
1: It's incredible. They have Ajo, locked, who's 23, locked in until 2023-24. Like, they have the only... I would say, really, the only, like, really bad contract that they have on their on their, their sheet that I'm looking at right now is Nino Niederreiter at 5.2. And uh,
0: that's not a bad contract. The bad contracts are Brady Shea and Jake Gardner.
1: But Bra- like even Brady Shea is not that bad.
0: No, he's not very good anymore.
1: <laughs> but he's still, he's 27, 5.25. I mean, like, that's not terrible. Like, Jake Gardner is a bad contract. Niederreiter is
0: much better than, I mean, that tells me that, like, people don't watch a ton of Carolina because Nita Ryder is fantastic and they're going to want to keep him.
1: I mean, yeah, I just didn't think he was worth Uh, 5.25. Oh, he is. Is he? Okay. He is. Hey, news to me. That's what it's
0: it's uh, Brady Shea and Jake Gardner. That are the problems. I wouldn't be surprised if Brady Shea is a Seattle Kraken by the end of this. I wouldn't be surprised Um,
1: if Jake Gardner's bought out like that. If if yeah, if the math makes sense, because that's four point like four point zero five mil, and it's not just that; it's that a he's he's just torn up back, like doesn't even work. He's over. He's he's gonna just be
0: LTIR him.
1: Well, if if that's possible, make
0: insurance pay for it.
1: And his contract it has still has term, like he has got two years after this one.
0: Yeah, so I think Carolina is interesting because you've got Slavin, Pesci, and Hamilton, who are number one defensemen pretty much on any other team, like. Hamilton's a Norris guy. Slavin's probably a Norris guy as well. You got Pesci, who's a top-pairing defenseman.
1: And Slavin and Pesci are locked in until... Like, locked in for at least the next three years.
0: Yeah, Slavin's till 2024-25 is his last season, and Pesci 2023, is 2023 that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, like, they're locked in there. That's fantastic. Reimer and Mrazek are UFAs. Um, I think they're obviously protecting Nedeljkovic in the draft. Um I think you kind of have to. But like up front, right? You've got Aho, That's a value deal. You've got Jordan Stall, He's been good. I mean, that's a little rich for my blood, but fine. He's Tara, only
1: 32. That's
0: insane. Tara Vinant. He was traded. You know, Ray Shiro traded him on his wedding day.
1: Yes, I know that. Ray Shiro's a piece of shit. Yeah. We've been over that. <laughs> Ray, um, Ray Shiro like what's funny is so like I had to do a news piece for the Ray, the Ray Shiro hiring uh, um, for that's up on Sports Illustrated and the Hockey News and like it was a news piece but I wrote it in the most condescending way possible because Ray Shiro without superstars like Crosby and Malkin and Fleury and, and Latang and guys like that at his disposal Taylor has, Hall <laughs> and has accomplished nothing at all and I don't understand how he could be a good advisor to a GM it's absurd but yes, Jordan Stahl, who I thought was like thirty-eight, is only thirty-two.
0: Yeah, so like maybe I th- I think Jordan Stahl probably is a million dollars overpaid, but that's manageable. Like he's your captain, fine. Tara Vinen, value contract. Niederreiter playing up to his value. Trocheck always injured. That's a problem. Yeah,
1: but um, great value when he's in when he's in the lineup though. That was a great yes. trade.
0: Uh, Andre Svechnikov is going to be costing a lot more than nine hundred and twenty five thousand dollars next year mm-hmm. um but i think the reason why i think caroline is so set up for success is you look at their draft right and i pay attention to the draft seth jarvis incredible gross that's a top six forward ryan suzuki also going to be a good hockey player dominic bach probably a middle six forward uh jameson reese bottom six forward vasily Ponomarev middle six forward um, so you got stuff there. They're they're pretty thin on defense, um, at least in terms of contracts they have signed. But then you look at like guys that they've drafted. It's like Zion, Nyback. Like they were the last draft they had. They got so many players at value. It was ridiculous. Like every single time they picked, I was like, Are you friggin' kidding? Like, how do they get this many? Good players. Like they got Noel Gundler, who should not have been available at 41. That's a score. That's a top six forward. Then you got Ponomaryev. They got Nybeck. They got Alexander Passion as well. Um, then the year before that, they got Suzuki, Jamison, Reese, Puistola, Anthony Honka, Dominique Fensor, like Blake Murray as well in the sixth round. Like they are so set up for long term success. And you got guys like Martin Michash. Who is still on his entry level deal?
1: And Ryan Suzuki is an ELC slide too. So they have an yeah, like extra he doesn't start years. till next year. It's insane at eight at eight not like at basically nine hundred thousand like under a million. Like they have this is how you this is how you succeed is that you have these stars, but then you have these good young players and you've managed them properly so that you get as many years at below at, at, at many years at high value in relation to their money. It's it's remarkable. Like, this is how you win with a team like this, that you have your stars making a lot, and then you are able to, to both manage and sign these young players to their ELCs and milk it for as long as possible. And then you look at their cap sheet as well. And if they really wanted to kind of pare down at, at the corners, like they have a guy like Jesper Faust, who, yeah, you know, he's good, but he's making $2 million. And I feel like you could probably replace him with a young prospect. So there's some extra value there. Like, it's, you know, they, they really, they're I- great.
0: I think, like, okay, so I don't know if they qualify Morgan Geeky. Um, I could see Fogel coming back. Jake Bean's going to come back. Obviously, Nedeljkovic is going to come back. But, like, to me, when you look at the UFA, so Dougie Hamilton, like, I'd do, i move heaven and earth to re-sign him. You've
1: got to find a way.
0: Yeah. Um, but, like, Brock McGinn, Jordan Martinuk, like, there's no reason that those guys shouldn't uh, have their spots taken by guys like Seth Jarvis and, and Ryan Suzuki, something like that, um, because – even like in the AHL this year, like Seth Jarvis was ridiculous. Like he was so mm-hmm. good. Um, I think he was like over a point a game, if not a point a game, something like that. So he shouldn't have
1: even been playing in the AHL.
0: No, and then he got sent back to junior, like uh,
1: which was absurd. Like, that rule is the was dumbest was thing in the world.
0: Ridiculous. Yeah. So I think um, the Canes are like because of how they draft and how they built their team and the contracts that they have. Like they are so set up for success. Like I am not even a little bit worried about the Canes.
1: No, not at all. I mean, this is like, this is a team that it, you know, I would think its best days are ahead of it. And they also have just competent management from all three pillars of their organizational structure like as long as they re-sign the assistants they have Rod Brindamore who you know is one of the best coaches if not the best coach in the league besides Gary um Gary Barry Trotz you have a great general manager in in Don Waddell who's also supported by just uh just yeah a like fin- Tulski's
0: ta- basically doing the strings behind the scenes like that's, exactly yeah
1: like Tulski is I would I would aside from like maybe Brandon and Pridham like Eric Tulski is is top three most important NHL executives
0: uh, Steve Pellegrini and on the island um, yeah like I,
1: I said top three like yeah. there's a lot of guys up there but yeah Tulski
0: for sure and Chris McFarland in Colorado as well like I think those guys are pretty pretty much like the echelon of of AGMs that are like extremely mm-hmm. valuable that that could be GMs like I think Tulski is probably the GM in Carolina in the not too distant future
1: he has to be or else he's not in Carolina like he'll, he'll be a GM somewhere else
0: yeah I have to think um, but I think like I think both, one if not both of Shea and Gardner have to go. Um, yeah. Especially if they want to re-sign Hamilton. Because uh, he's going to be expensive. And They'll he, find a way. And he deserves it. Um, yeah. Like, people pontificating over, like, Hamilton coming to the Leafs. That's, no. like, not happening. <laughs> <It's> not happening. <laughs> not happening unless number 16 goes out the door. Um, which, I mean, if you're replacing 16 with Dougie Hamilton, like, you're not going to hear many complaints from anybody. Um, but yeah, like I think if Dougie Hamilton, listen, if I'm Dougie Hamilton, I want to test the market. I want to see what's out there for me. But if I'm Carolina, like even if you let Dougie Hamilton test the market, I still think that they need to re-sign him because he's a such key part of what they do. And he's just honestly, he's like the perfect hurricane, like criminally underrated around the league and puts up consistent results for the Canes. Like that's basically textbook Carolina hurricane.
1: He just seems to have found his home there. Like, he just seems like it, it's such a great marriage. I don't, I wouldn't be messing with it if I were you. Like, just keep yeah. it together. They love each other. Keep it together. Oh, they got to get rid of Gardner, though. Like, they, like, yeah. Shea is, is one thing, but Gardner, I mean, whether it's LTIR, whether it's, it's whatever, like, he, that, that's just too long and too much of a contract, especially when you're going to now be in that, that, stage of team building where you have where you're going to be operating at the margins every year you got like that's just for four million dollars you can't what's interesting is is
0: carolina like people are saying oh my god they're gonna lose a player in the expansion draft what a lot of people don't realize is that the player they will replace said player in their lineup with is definitely going to be better like if i told you make
1: like a third yeah so like (laughs) okay let's say
0: they they take um warren fogel let's say Mm -hmm. Or Jordan Martinuk, who they probably yep. lose to UFA anyways. Okay, so you're you're gonna tell me you'd rather have Fogel or Martinuk in the lineup instead of Seth Jarvis? Uh, no, or Ryan Suzuki? No,
1: or Mar- or like an increased role for Martin Martin Cash Like they they no. all make like less than half of what these guys are making. It's it's a perfect situation to be, and in.
0: and they produce like double the value. Like Carolina is gonna be just fine. If anything, like someone plucking Jesper Faust off of their roster is not the worst thing
1: if anything that's a that's a positive because they have two million dollars more to work with and they have replacements already in the system who are younger and making you know less than half like it's it's or half essentially like it's remarkable all right rachel we've reached the the logical end of the podcast here do you have anything to leave the listeners with before i give us our whole spiel
0: uh wear a mask get vaccinated stop bothering me on twitter and go germany
1: Boom, alright, well you can find Rachel on Twitter At Rachel Dory, me on Twitter at MikeyStevens81 The podcast on Twitter at Staff Graph. Um the podcast is on iTunes It's on Spotify, it's on any podcatcher Under the sun, buy our merch at Redbubble, redbubble.com slash Staff And Graph, and Also, leave us a nice review, and if it's Not gonna be nice, at least make it entertaining So we can laugh at you for being A total dork, alright Rachel Both her and I, we will see You on Tuesday